Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by Ifi Ondonobu. Ifi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Derek. All right. Well, I'm excited about our conversation. I want all of the podcast listeners to know a little bit about you. So let me tell them a little bit about your background. Ifi is an immigration and family law practitioner in Dallas, Texas. She assists in reuniting families through family-based immigration, deportation defense, child custody, modifications, and divorces. She studied international studies at Baylor University and got her GD from American University, Washington College of Law, and her LLM in European Union Law from Universidad Carlos III in Madrid, Spain. After working and studying law in several countries, including the United States, Spain, Colombia, and Peru, she opened her own boutique law firm in Dallas, Texas, law office of Ifi Ononobu. She is a lawyer that listens as is in your corner. She resides in Dallas, Texas with her husband, Chike, and their dog, Araya. Ifi, what inspired you to become an attorney? Yeah, so um, there was not really just like one thing that inspired me to become an attorney, but um, I'll say that at the end of undergrad at Baylor, I was trying to think like, what am I going to do with this international studies degree? And um, I was having a conversation with my mom and I told her, you know, I love to travel. And she was like, you know, go to law school. You can um, travel at law with like if you go to law school. So I started to look for um, international study, sorry, not international studies, um, international programs and law schools known for international. And so that's what landed me at American University in DC. Um, and then I started and quickly found out that the, my envision, what I envisioned as a lawyer, a traveling lawyer um, is not necessarily what it is, but at the end of the day, I, I did enjoy law school. I love to read and write and, mm -hmm. um, I'm really happy with my career. So yeah, that was my path. You know, you, you know why I love hearing stories like yours is because there's there are some stories where people knew from the time they were five years old and that was almost ingrained in them, whether from a parent or from some other calling or a TV show. But then we get a story like yours. And I think college students, especially juniors and seniors, can totally relate to, to reaching the end of their undergraduate degree and then going wait a minute, like, what I, what do I do from here? Like, what do I do for the rest of my life? And there is anxiety, stress, pressure that comes on them as far as what I'm going to do. But to hear that you had that same experience, and then you, you, you attained, you obtained counsel from your mom, who seemed to wisely advise you to go to law school. And then we see you here, of course, do, living, living it out and loving what you're doing. I, I just love hearing stories like that. Yeah, I'll definitely say my mom tricked me, <laughs> but I'm glad she did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love being a lawyer, and so I'm happy with the choice that I made. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes when I'm speaking to attorneys, there was a significant moment when they either got into law school or they 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 completed they they graduated law school, or even when they passed the bar. Was any one of those especially noteworthy for you in your journey? Um, I would probably say. I'm not, I'm not sure if there's any one noteworthy, uh, you know, it just, it felt like when I think back about it, it felt like I was coasting, but I will say um, when I did, the LLM was noteworthy for me in that I didn't go into law school saying I wanted to get an LLM. 
I actually just did a study abroad program in Madrid and my other classmates from American um, who were there were doing the LLM program. We were taking all the same classes. Mm -hmm. And so I asked my advisor, I was like, can I switch to the LLM? Because usually you have to know once you get in, like once Mm. you get in, this is the track I want to take the JD LLM. And she was like, well, you should have had all of your law school classes completed, um, like all of your requirements. And so she checked and I actually had them completed. I just, you know, classes that I picked for scheduling times ended Mm -hmm. up being like my writing requirement and my uh, practical skills requirement. And so I was able to switch to the LLM program. So at that point, I think was a formative place um, in it. And then just like graduating and thinking like, what do I want to do? And immigration just really stuck out to me. Mm. And for all the listeners tuning in who are like, what is LLM or even somebody like me, I have no idea. Brief overview of what the the LLM is. Oh, I'm so sorry. So it's a legal master's. It's like a legal specialty. So mine was in European Union law. So like some attorneys will do it in like tax or something. So it's just like a master's that you have, you have to have a JD first. Um, You have to have a law degree before you get it. Oh, fantastic. All right. Um, Very, uh, again, I think that only speaks to your credibility and your hustle um, in your journey through law school to be able to take care of that and the JD. Now, now, uh, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? I enjoy just, um, you know, seeing a case to fruition, you know, from the consultation, it starts with the consultation and talking to the client and whether it's an immigration or a family law issue, just hearing whatever their issue is, and then uh, being able to do the research and writing for that issue, and then being able to um, get results for that client and just their happiness afterwards. And so carrying Mm -hmm. it through everything from start to finish, that's my favorite part. Like when we close a case and especially when it's successful, um, just the happiness of the client and saying like, you know, I remember when they came in and consulted and this was an issue and now where they have a green card or their family issue was resolved or whatever the case may be. Hmm. Yes. When I hear what you do, it reminds me of somebody who delivers hope for a living because you're giving them hope for whether that's a better future or to be, you know, united with their family or to have more flexibility with, 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 you know, going to and from, but I, I love hearing about you loving to see their happiness. And that has to be incredibly fulfilling for you. Absolutely. Um, And I think it's driving as well, like it's a a motivation because I don't necessarily love research and writing, but when I'm trying to think of something for my client, you know, or looking for a case that helps them, that is motivating. And so I like it in those moments Mm -hmm. versus not having like a purpose tied to it. So, yeah. Sure. And for you, what, what, what helps you to navigate hearing about some of the challenges. I know some of, some of you, uh, you as attorneys, you just, you hear some, the, the details of the st- stories, their backgrounds, the difficulties that they've faced. What helps you to navigate hearing those stories and then moving forward um, with their caseload, but still hearing the, you know, this, some of, them, some of the heartbreaking stories that come with your clients? Um, I think what helps me, and it is difficult hearing, you know, heartbreaking stories or people going through really difficult times is to just uh, help them find a solution or like a light at the end of the tunnel that Mm. helps me kind of get through it because I'm like okay you know this really bad thing happened to you but if we can get you this something good can come of of it and I'm thinking of for example like a U visa which is like um, for victims of crime 
crime in the United States. So it's like, usually if you're a victim of a crime, it's a terrible thing, but if it can help you gain status, um, that's something that's a redeeming. It doesn't take away from the difficult situation you face, but th- that's an example that I can think mm. of where um, it helped me get through that, like seeing them, you know, get the relief at the end of the day. Wow. I know that that's powerful to harness that experience. Sometimes, you know, we go through hard times or even victim of a crime and we go, man, why did I have to go through it? Why did I have to face this? And then to hear about the detail that that actually can be used to people's advantage. And there, and as you, as we kind of just discussed this idea of there's hope even in that darkness, if you will. Absolutely. So how did you decide to focus on immigration and family law? So for immigration, I took um, some immigration classes in law school and I just really enjoyed them. Um, it was fascinating to me. Um, for, and so I knew I wanted to do immigration. Uh, for family law, it was a little bit, um, I worked it for legal aid and my job was basically to answer questions about family law cases for people. And so that's how I learned it. And now I really love it because it's, it's a good variety from the nuances of immigration. And then family is like, a little, it's a little, uh, it's more exciting in certain ways. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Um, I kind of fell into family, but I, I'm glad that I did. Yes. And that's a detail I've seen a number of times with immigration attorneys who um, also do family because sometimes, at least from what they've shared, there's so much overlap as you get, as you deliver excellence to your clients, and then they want to come back to you with anything in their family to serve them as well. Have, have you seen the same thing in, in your world? Yes. Um, I've had a number of clients who want to come back to me with either contract issues or <laughs> um, mm. a divorce if it's, a, if it's an immigration client or just so there's a lot of overlap or any type of cases. And sometimes I have to refer it out because I'm like, I don't handle that area. Because right. I think when people feel comfortable with you, um, they're like, you know, I want to go with that attorney. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. I love hearing about the comfort you're able to build and that that trust and credibility you established early on. Now, what has been one challenge you faced as an attorney that you've overcome? Okay, yeah. So for me, um, I used to have a huge fear of like public speaking or of even just like I'm talking, um, giving a speech at like a wedding or a baby shower about your friend, like I would just be really nervous. And so it's weird because I'm like a litigator now. So it's like courtroom things for a lot of stuff. So I had to overcome that. And I think how I overcame it was just uh, being overprepared for things. And so just you get that confidence from the preparedness. And I also just doing it, just putting yourself out there um, has been difficult, but it's been good and rewarding. Mm, I think that's a, it's a lesson for the podcast listeners. Sometimes there's fear that comes up in our world that, that is related to a goal or an endeavor. And podcast listeners get that point of prepare, over-prepare, and then pretty much it's, it's launched. Do it afraid. Do it while you're nervous. And as, as Ify's illustrating with her, 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 her experience, is that's one of those things that's going to help you to overcome fears in a variety of ways, that preparation and that still doing it even while you're afraid. I I love those two concepts. Yeah. And I think God usually gives us uh, our, the area where we're going to shine is the area where we struggle most. So um, I think just pushing past it, like if 
there's something you want to do and you're just like, oh no, but I'm afraid about this or I'm, I've never been good at that. Just like that's, I think that's usually your area where you shine. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I know there's a, and I appreciate the, the, the authenticity of you sharing about it because I think fear is one of those universal experiences. Like, you know, I mean, I can think of being afraid of, you know, interviewing attorneys, like, okay, like, who am I, who am I to ask, who am, who am I to have them yeah. on my show? And, you know, we're like 35, you know, attorneys later and it's like, okay, this is, this is a little bit more normal and not as intimidating and all of these things. Um, but just what you said, the, the preparation involved and, um, and, and, and just doing it. And then now, so we're 35 in, so 35 plus hours that I've spent, you know, connecting with attorneys in this platform. So I, I relate to that 100%. For you and your law firm, what has been the best way to attract new clients? The best way to attract new clients are probably um, word of mouth and referrals. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, just if you do a good job for your clients, they will tell their friends, they'll tell their family, they'll tell others. And that's been my best referral source. Um, more so than any marketing and it's free. So that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think that cannot be um, overstated the concept of delivering excellence and then people having had experience with you walking away, not just saying, Oh, they, they think you're, you're great. Just, just because of um, hearing again, not just because a commercial they saw or even because they saw a post, but really, them having had hired you and saying, look, I paid her money. It was worth it. And, and you should go to her too. I think that kind of testimonial in any space, in any field, your excellence in that space, delivering excellence. I could totally see how that um, is one of those key areas to continue to bring on new clients. Yes. Now, what has helped you establish work-life balance as an attorney? I am still trying to figure out the work-life balance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm not there yet, but um, I think just, you know, working out and just making sure to do what you need to do for yourself um, and making sure you're fine is something that I try to do, but I'm still figuring that out. So I will get back to you on that question. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I think I I relate. I I relate one um, as an, I relate in being a business owner in, in there's some ways and I, I tease about the notion that yes I'm the CEO but I'm also the janitor at least at this point in my journey yes I, yeah. I, I am in charge but I'm also the landscaper you know you know so I have <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to marketing and website design and I you know at this point it's very much solopreneur as opposed to enterprisepreneur <laughs> inter- entrepreneur um, yeah. and uh, but I think all business owners especially early in the game we relate to figuring out like I've asked the question to attorneys or to law firm owners. And they're like, what is, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what is, what would that <laughs> look like? Um, but no, we, yeah. we, I think that's super uh, relatable. I think a lot of attorneys can relate to that as well, because there's, o- o- there's almost always something more to do or study or prepare for. Um, and you can really get caught up in, in the work of it all. Yes. Now, what is the best advice you received about owning your own law firm? 
the best advice that I received about owning my own law firm uh, was probably from my brother. And it was when I had no clients and <laughs> I'm like, I had this office space and he's like, just go and do something for your firm every single day. Go to the office, you know, and do this. And I was doing that, you know, whether it was, you know, creating content or for my website or, you know, researching, learning something for when you do get that client um, mm -hmm. that comes to the door. And then uh, I did that and it was, it was game changing because when I, I find that now I don't have time to do some of those things that I was doing before. So all of that helped me for where I am now. Mm, I love the simplicity of that. And I love the power of it um, because a number of law firm owners out there and I talk to them, you know, that's kind of that's some, somewhat my world in the coaching space. And they're like the, their biggest problem early on that they're trying to solve is how do I get clients? How do I, you know, um, and then especially the, the pandemic took place. And then some, some of them launched their law firms in the middle of the pandemic. And they went through the experience of not having their phone ring for not just a day, but not just a week, but then weeks and then months. And, uh, but I love the simplicity of your brother's advice, capturing do one power, maybe we'll call it an hour of power, one action item a day that would move your law from forward, even if that's an inch, you know, even if that's a, um, this is a little bit forward. Um, but I, I think that concept, um, again, it's, I think it speaks to business owners as well. You know, when, when, so let's speak to the business owners for the business owners out there. If you are struggling with clients, I love this feedback, this perspective of do one thing every single day to move your business forward. And I think that's a, that's phenomenal uh, input and, and insight. Thank you. <laughs> now, if someone was listening to this podcast episode, and they were catching some of your passion. They were see they they wanted to support you and help you with your law firm. Um, what what would that be? What could they what could they do for you? So um, you can follow me on Instagram at attorney Efi. You can also, if you know anyone who needs immigration or family law help, um, have them, they can book now or go to my Google page, call my office. And um, yeah, I think those are the things that I can think of that would be helpful to me. Um, just, you know, tell, spreading the word. Mm -hmm. Yes. Phenomenal. Um, and, and, and by the way, podcast listeners, I've already went, I've followed her on Instagram. I've liked her Facebook page. I've subscribed to her on YouTube. So, so I, I'm just want to say I'm leading the way. You want to tell them about the YouTube? Yes. So um, I also have a legal takes with Aga and Ethi, um, where we just talk about different legal issues. Mm -hmm. And so um, we did a lot of stuff on immigration, family law, but it's not just that. It, we talk about, um, you know, self-pardon and like the legality of certain current events. So please follow us at um, Legal Takes with Ethi and Aga. Yes. Legal Takes with Ethi uh, and Aga. Um, and again, podcast listeners, I'm leading by example. I've already subscribed. <laughs> So, so, so let's go do our part to express our gratitude for Efi joining the, the podcast to um, support her, elevate what she's doing. And so more people can know about the great work she's doing. Efi, I want to say thank you. Thank you for joining me on, on the episode. I'm grateful for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. All right. Well, um, podcast listeners, this episode is sponsored by Strong Life Scholars whose mission is empowering Latinas with law student scholarships, undergraduate scholarships, community impact guidance, 
professional mentorships, and professional skills training. Thank you once more, uh, precious listeners, for tuning in to another episode. Be sure to go over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us the five-star review. Remember to subscribe, and we'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you.